It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. We are live, TB, back on these YouTube streets. Cast Talk Wednesday, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Doing fantastic. Had a good week. Cats win. Niners win. How'd the Cowboys do? Uh, they won. They won. They did. did they really? Good for they, them. They did. <laughs> good Two for them. 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Watch out now. Coming that collision course in Levi's Stadium or – Whatever y'all play, that's that's what we. It's, it's, it's Levi's, like the jeans. People have heard of the jeans. <laughs> I got the Levi button fly five oh one blue. Yeah, I'm right. As I date myself with that, that that adds thirty years old. So, uh, but yeah, doing fantastic, man. Things are good around this part. Got got me, got my first tattoo this past weekend. Man, okay. And uh, I saw that, and you texted me that, and that was yeah. That was a that's a fitting first one to get right there, man. Yeah, got my dad's signature. I'm not gonna show it. It looks good when it first gets on, and then it's got a heel, so it's in that healing itchy phase. Mm. So I can't. I don't want to show it because it doesn't look good right now. But okay. it was great. Took about 15 minutes, if that. Cool. Uh, yes, you can feel it, you know, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Okay. I, I was expecting a stabbing kind of thing, but it was just like, okay, stop poking me. But it didn't take that long so got my dad's signature mama b approves uh and she's not a big tattoo fan but she approves and, and uh my little miss she approves as well she said this is a perfect t- first tattoo mm-hmm. and i said probably only yeah probably <laughs> only i can't see you know i'm i'm not you know that ain't my bag but uh, yeah but i'm good i don't want to be like your boy dak and get put me out while you do all this stuff but uh yeah no, it was it was it was good, man. It was good. Good deal, man. Good deal. I'm, and that's on a uh like I would assume a, a kind of tender area as far as the sensitivity of the skin goes. So the fact that it didn't hurt it, too too bad is it, it it we got a little bit spicy when he got to the collarbone area because I was like, okay, that's 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 different. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a little bit different, but no, it was good, it was uh-huh. great. Uh, my biggest concern was had to do research because look, I love all y'all with your tattoos, but some of them okay, some of them don't look great. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I wanted to make sure I went to somebody knew what they was doing. Let me see your portfolio. Let me ask some questions, and it, and it went really really well. He uh, he was great. My man Dre, good stuff, good stuff. So I mentioned we are. Kind of going back to the to the old days where we used to be just be live and taking callers. We are instead of posting to YouTube like we normally do, the YouTube channel is is already live as we go right now. So uh, yeah, y'all subscribe to it, put some comments in there, and uh, I know around the shots stuff like that. We get some comments and we can we can display them on here as we go and, and get that stuff going again. I know Michelle comments uh she watches on youtube and sometimes she listens she'll do both she'll listen to the audio and watch the youtube so um 
Michelle, we are live on YouTube. When you hear this, or what I'll tweet it out here in a minute. And then if you want to hop in here and you know get some other people to hop in, we'd be glad to have y'all. So, like you mentioned, get a little get a little uh back and forth, a little feedback, a little input as we as we go. So that'd be cool. That's right. That's right. And about about 20 minutes, we got a got a guest. Had this man on a long time, but friend of the show, you are a co-panelist with him sometime on on Round of Shots. We're talking about Kevin's show a lot, but Round of Shots, y'all do y'all's thing. I'll I'll ask him when he comes on, but I think we might be one of the first podcasts he's ever been on, but Corey Price, statistician, I mean, ridiculous with the stats and trivia and the the knowledge. He's going to be on here at seven, so... Yeah, he's sitting up next to uh, uh, Tom in the booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pecoro and Corey and just a couple other dudes up here, man. He just yeah, man. <laughs> Every time they Big tweet time. out though, you know the, the UK Sports Network highlights with Tom and you know voicing it. There, there's Corey up there high fiving them and high five, and that's right. <laughs> a lot of stuff to high five about uh, this past week. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, looking back at Akron, it's a 30-point win. Was Kentucky perfect? No. Do they have things to work on? Yes. Was it a 30-point win? Yeah. Is Akron that good? No. But at some point, you'd have to step back and realize, okay, why do you watch sports? Right? And if the first thing when your team wins about 30 is, I got to find something to complain about, that's not why we're here, right? Like, that's not why sports is a, a thing. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky's got stuff to wor- work on, but if you look around the country, I haven't seen any team be great for all three games so far. This is true. George, Georgia was down at the half to South Carolina. Alabama yeah. looks like the Alabama when we were coming up. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, you know, there was that 30-year stretch. Alabama was not very good at all. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and had mediocre quarterback play. You know, it was a, a, a big gap between Mac Jones and Joe Namath, right? They were Ken Stabler. Like, there's a big gap on that, you know, uh, where they had some dudes, but they didn't have no quarterback. <laughs> and, and that's the most amazing thing to me is you look at Alabama uh, and you look at LSU, they had really, really good teams, great mm-hmm. defenses, elite. Uh, you know, uh, skill positions with no quarterback. And it's like, how does that happen? But it seems to happen a lot in Baton Rouge. And now it looks like we're back to it in Alabama uh, after the run of Tua and Jalen Hurts and, of course, Bryce Young. Uh, Quarterback play looks bad in Alabama. But my point is Kentucky is not the first team to, to, to fumble a football or to throw an interception, or to go three and out. Like, that kind of stuff happens. So you're never going to get a game where they're perfect. I thought they did it enough. And and you know, uh, like I said before the season, what was I looking for with these first three games? Give me a game I don't have to pay attention to in the second half. <laughs> you know, uh, I started cleaning up my kitchen and doing some stuff uh, during the Akron game. Okay, it's well in hand. Nobody's gotten hurt. Uh, the defense, I think, looked looked better 
uh, against again, and I know it's Akron, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep telling me that because uh, one of my friends I went to UK with, I was excited with that Devin Leary play, you know, where he avoids two sacks, gets it to Ray Davis, and Davis runs it in. I'm like, God, oh, it's great. And his response was, but it's accurate. <laughs> and why are you watching sports? Like, am I supposed to discount when my favorite team or favorite player does something good if the if the if the matchup isn't good? Like, right. am I supposed to discount Kobe's 81 because it was just the Raptors? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, is that is that what we're supposed to do? You know, everybody beats Buffalo in the Super Bowl, so those Cowboys Super Bowls don't really count. I mean, you know, honestly, you know, <laughs> is, is that what we're two. doing? They lost two right? before we played them. Yeah, right. You know, is that is that what I'm supposed to do? You know, I'm sure you've got highlights of uh, Akeem in your mind and some of your favorite players, and it's like you can appreciate a great play. It doesn't matter who it was against. Mm-hmm. Like that that's just that's just my mindset. Like you know, when I think of like your Cowboys, that that game, you know, Emmett Smith against the Giants. I don't even know what the records were were. I think that was for the NFC East. I'm not sure, but I mm -hmm. like, you strip that all away and you can just appreciate greatness. To me. And it was a great, great play. That's the one thing that uh Leary has shown is He's not going to tuck it and run, right? That's not his bag. Mm -hmm. But he can move in the pocket and keep plays alive, which is another skill set. Mm -hmm. You ain't you ain't gotta you ain't gotta be fleet of foot, and that that reminds me of you know maybe uh, like Tom Brady, mm -hmm. and I'm not comparing Leary to Tom Brady. What I'm talking about is Tom ain't going to outrun anybody, but he can do enough to extend that play. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, it kind of reminds me of like Dan Marino. Once yep. his legs went, he was still nimble enough to, to, to navigate that pocket, as they say, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's great. And and Ray Davis, he's a stud. Yeah, we get we got a good one. Uh, Liam Cohen, the OC, is giving him high praise. Uh, he might be the most complete back that Cohen has had. He's had some good running backs, but let's, I think Ray gives you that other uh, dimension, right? That's a good thing. The offensive line has not been terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know the three teams we've played, but we played teams like that before, and Will Levis couldn't stay upright, you know, last season. Mm -hmm. So that's progress. Uh, I think the timing thing with the receivers, Tavion Robinson, He's becoming a dude. He owned mm -hmm. up to the way last season ended, says I could have been better. I could have done things differently. And here he is doing things differently, doing things better. Uh, the other receivers will come around. I think it's just a timing thing with Dane Key. Uh, they're trying to do things creative with Barry and Brown and his speed. Uh, but I think they'll get there. But the defensive front, there you go. Hey, that's the I, I think the it, it's, it's, it's legit, and on the backside, I don't think we've been burned too much. You know, people like, all oh, the defense is – the defense is this bend, don't break. That's the way – that's the way it's been, and it's mm -hmm. been beneficial, right? Uh, you know, Akron had long drives. Akron 
had the ball uh, almost two to one time of possession. But Kentucky made them eat up chunks, two yards, mm-hmm. three yards. We're going to keep it like this, right? So uh, I count that as a win. You get through those first three games, you're three and oh. Uh, not to take thunder from uh, Corey Price, but three and oh for three straight years for the first time in 112 <laughs> years of Kentucky football. You know, and I saw people respond to that. Like, oh, did you see who we played this year? Yeah, but you know who one of the games last year was? Florida, Missouri. Like, we haven't just been playing these cupcakes to get to 3-0. This year, yes. Previous years, no. So stop looking for ways to be disappointed and just enjoy things, you know. Uh, Take care of business this coming weekend against Vanderbilt. Get to 4-0 and get ready to – is it go to Florida or is it or is Florida coming here? I uh, uh, I never I, I, think I need they're to do better about. I think they come here. Like we beat them down there last year. This would be going for three in the world against them. They come here. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Yeah, it's again. Yeah, it's at home uh, at in Lexington in a couple of weeks. So uh, again, what am I looking for for the game? I don't have a score in mind, I need a comfortable win against Vanderbilt. If we want to separate ourselves and say we're closer to Georgia, we're closer to the top than we are the bottom, then we mm-hmm. need to take care of business. It's, it's as simple as that. If, 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 you know, my thing is, is if it's a 10 point win, what does it look like? Is it, a, is it a two score game and we just kind of keep them at arm's length? I'm cool with that because that's the way Stoops mm-hmm. operates. Yeah. Right. That's fine. It doesn't need to be a 20-point win for me. I'm not worried about that. They came up and beat us last year. So, you know, even, you know, Ray Davis and all that, and he said all the right stuff. It's not me versus Vanderbilt. It's Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. And, you know, he he played a huge role in them beating us last year. Yes, (laughs) he did. He's he talked about the whole thing. You know, it's going to be all love before and after the game, but you know, they trying to get a win. We trying to get a win. And, you know, I'm on the blue team now. I'm trying to go back down there and help them get a win. I did a lot of good things down there. Made some history down there with some rushing numbers as far as Vanderbilt running backs are concerned. But he's yeah. all about trying to, you know, put that rock for the right. best now. Right. So, uh, you know, a quarter of the way into the season, uh, you know, we don't know a whole lot. And granted, that's true because the competition mm-hmm. hasn't been there. Yeah. But uh, I think – you kind of have to do that, breaking in a new quarterback, bringing the OC back. I, I'm okay with that. You get some game reps. Now we got to see. You know, focus. Yeah, it's, it's time see. to go now. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if we need to change the schedule up. Uh, you know, do we find another equivalent program to play and 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 roll the dice on that? Uh, and, but as we've talked about before, five, and the power, power five, five. Mm. so, you know, as I've, look, I've heard about Kentucky's schedule, particularly from Louisville fans, right? But the thing is, generally speaking, Kentucky's schedules, like every other SEC East team that has an ACC rival, Kentucky mm. plays Louisville at the end of the year, Georgia's got Georgia Tech at the end of the year, uh, Florida and Florida State. 
mm-hmm. uh, Clemson and South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. You've got that ACC Power Five rival that you have to play at the end of the year. Most of the time, those first three games are going to be of the cupcake variety because you always got that other Power Five game. Now, Georgia's flipped it up a little bit. They have played, but they've also raised their profile a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. So it's you know chicken or the egg. Do you raise your profile and schedule those games, or do you schedule games to raise raise your profile? You know, Florida brought on playing Utah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Utah has been a Pac-12 power, they, right? Yeah, One really, yeah. last couple of years in a row. Uh, so good for Florida, South Carolina. They have started the season with North Carolina, which I think would be an equivalent you know, kind of program where they've kind of split back and forth on, and then they still have Clemson. So yeah. could Kentucky find a, uh, another power five team to kind of fit the bill? Honestly, I, and, and what I would love to see is it won't happen, but let's play IU again. Cause I thought those were fairly competitive games that, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think IU do that because they're getting out of playing Louisville. So I don't think IU would, would, would do that for football. Uh, so I don't know where you go to find this mythical game. Purdue or somebody? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess you would have to have mm-hmm. some – because you're not going to do another ACC team because you play Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in the Big 12 that makes sense to play? Kansas maybe, but – you know, so I mm-hmm. West Virginia with Neil Brown as a border. So well, and so that's the thing is you say let's do well who? Who who would we get to fill that bill where you go out and play somebody? Like I, I don't know who would because there's a chance you could lose that game. Yeah, Cincinnati. You know, Satterfield. (laughs) (laughs) They lost to Miami, Ohio uh, over the weekend. (laughs) So I don't know where you would go to find this game on who would want to play, who would want to play Kentucky in a home and home. I'd love Mm -hmm. to see it, but I don't know who you would. I mean, we could go to Colorado, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I, I don't know. You know, it would make sense. Uh, Maybe to play Iowa, but my house couldn't take it. Mm-mm. We need to stop playing. <laughs> yeah, man. Just we got got two sequel. We got a, a movie and a sequel, so we. Yeah, so I'm through with that. Can. So you know, mm-hmm. I, I, granted, I think it's time Kentucky finds. But who's that team? You got to find a team that's going to be okay losing to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You got to find a team that. UK would be okay losing two. Mm-hmm. And and who and, and who's that going to be? App State. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised anybody even picks up the phone when they call. Because I mean, you know, giving you all this money they, and there's a good chance we could lose to you. Because I mean, we've seen their history. Right, and that's the thing too is. You know, with scheduled games so far in advance, Kentucky's going to have to cut some checks to change the schedule. Mm-hmm, yeah, and and is you know, I, I know that the SEC TV money is going to get there, but still, cut. Do you cut a check or you just play the game? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, it's it, it's not like 
uh, Kentucky basketball where you can just call up the phone and say, let's make this work. Kentucky football is not at that point just yet. Speaking of cutting you know? checks, you see the, the people at SMU, oh, we ain't getting no money when we move to the ACC for wherever we're going for seven, eight years. Oh, we all right. These boosters, just we just been waiting. SMU has been waiting to spend their money legally. Been waiting to make it rain for the school. They have been waiting to get back into it and legitimately give to the program. This is their time. This oh, is man. this is the Dallas community's time. Yeah. This is, you know, my dad was part of the Pony Express, <laughs> and now here's my chance. Look, yeah. man, that's the thing is, it's all about the boosters, right? You and I, media folks, can gripe about whatever. Programs look the way they do because your tip-top boosters want it to look that way. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, talking to that with the with the wife, she's not into college sports like this. But, uh, you know, good friend Adam Jacoby, you know, we've talked uh, different stories. I'm like, boosters make this thing work. If people were wondering why the checkerboard stayed so long, some boosters wanted it that way. It's just it's just that simple. Um, so I I think that right now, after Kentucky football being what it has been for 40 or 50 years, I think some of those boosters like going to the games and watching 30 point wins. Mm. That that's that's my takeaway is after you know 50 years or longer of the wins not being there, they're okay with bringing Akron to town and beating them by 30 points. If it gets to the point where with the expanded playoff and, you know, got to have that strength of schedule, I think the calculus changes. But I don't know if that's something that they would make a move for right now. That's just that's just my two cents. Yeah, and if they go to nine FCC games and still keep Louisville, then those are the two you can just guarantee what they're going to remain. There's, yes. You know, forget about yeah, stepping it up then. Yeah, it, 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 yeah with, if it's going to go to nine SEC comp, uh, the, the SEC games, uh, because Louisville has to be there, right? Like it's it's going to be there. Yeah, sure. Um, goodness, I, I, you know, people have talked about that game's not going away. Uh, it it helps. I know that Texas Tech and AM went away, but with the two schools not being the same conference, it's never been about conference alignment. You know, Kentucky and Louisville played SEC Metro, SEC Great Midwest, SEC Conference USA, SEC. You see the theme here: CC Big East, SEC ACC. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, I give it to my hometown school. You know, going from Metro Conference in basketball to independent and independent in football to the ACC, it's been nothing sort of remarkable. Now, they've been the ACC and haven't won as much as they thought, but mm. I, I tip my hat to them because I never would have thought, you know, if you look at the college landscape, you know, early 90s, would you have put Louisville in one of the big conferences? I wouldn't have. And I don't mean that as a slight. Mm-hmm. But like we've talked about before, with that Metro Conference, 
you've got a lot of city schools in the shadow of the big state schools. Mm, you, yeah. know, at, you know, adding Louisville doesn't do anything to the SEC's profile. Mm-hmm. Because people in Louisville are going to watch Kentucky anyway. Right? Or uh, if you're Cincinnati, you got Ohio State. If you're Memphis, you mm-hmm. got Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, uh, at that stage of the game, when Florida State was in the Metro Conference before they went to the ACC, you know, Florida and Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida had already had a Heisman Trophy winner with Steve Spurrier, right? So they had a little yeah. bit going. And mm-hmm. Miami at that point was the was the U, right? So Florida State was like, okay. And then they worked to come up. But that's what the Metro Conference is. It's a lot of, you know, afterthoughts. Yeah. You know, South Carolina was there. Virginia Tech was there. Yeah. And 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 and, and all Marquette. those schools. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah, so Wisconsin up there and they, you know, they up there in Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. And so that's what the that's what the mm-hmm. that's what the Metro Conference was. Great for basketball. Absolutely fantastic for basketball. You know, Southern Miss was in there hmm. with Clarence mm-hmm. Weatherspoon, who was a yeah. beast. He a was. beast at Tulane. Mm-hmm. The Green Wave mm-hmm. had some really good teams. Except there's LSU right there, right? Mm-hmm. Southern Miss, mm-hmm. you got you got you got Ole Miss right there, right? Uh-huh. Mississippi State, so, yeah. Right, so that's what the Metro Conference was, and for basketball, it was great. But if you had told me when the Metro Conference disbanded late eighties, early nineties, that Louisville would be in a big conference, Cincinnati, nope. You know, Memphis, nope. Marquette eventually got to the Big East. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, obviously Florida State, but South Carolina was just like. We want to add Arkansas, so we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, because when you look, it's like South Carolina. Okay. But at that point, who else would you have added? You know, once Florida State went to the ACC, mm-hmm. South Carolina, okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I tip my hat to, to, to Louisville getting where they are. But when it comes to the schedule, I don't I don't know how you tweak it unless you start giving me some names on who you'd like to see them play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is it going to be a Big Ten team? What team makes sense from the Big Ten? Michigan State? Mm-hmm. I, like, you know, you, you got to yeah. who, who's going to want to come? Who, you know, it, there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes into it. It's not just it, it's not just like on my PlayStation where I can make my own schedule. Yeah, you oh know, man, <laughs> you gotta to agree to it. to do that. Once I got Kentucky built up, man, that was so fun just to, you know, you get your recruiting and you send out your little coach, assistant coach yeah. here, head coach here. And yeah. that week, week one was open or whatever. So I was scheduled the highest ranked team. Whoever I could. was it? Absolutely. Knock them off. And then I'm, I'm in there now. I'm in there. I'm undefeated. I'm rolling for the, for the playoff. Whatever. Absolutely. BCS back then. I don't even know what it was, but yeah. Well, if people kill me with these games, you you don't play it on Heisman. No. Why am I here? I'm not. No. I was playing the other day. Wife, look at me like. It's like seventy to seven. That's how I roll. Look at these other scores: 63, 72. People are like, are you, I'm looking for a challenge. 
Life is my challenge. This is fun. I need a 3,000-yard running back with 30 touchdowns. I just That's what I do when it comes to my season. I'm like, okay, who's going to win the Heisman? My receiver, my quarterback, running back. That's how I, that's how I gear it. All right, running back. Time for 3,000 yards because I'm going to keep running you. I'm going to keep woo-wee. You know, make it hard. For what? You decide which dude you're going to feature. And that's, yeah. okay, this is my, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Build an offense around my running back this year. Okay. This year? Who's it going to be? Oh, you a, you a senior this year. All right, quarterback. Guess it's time for you to win the Heisman. <laughs> I'm not trying to make it hard, make it like real life. It's not real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this. I need 700 yards offense a game. <laughs> Give it to me. You put on Heisman computer was clamp you down, man. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you can play on Heisman with all the cheat codes, and how come you still gonna lose? But that's not fun to me. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Yeah. But yeah, but the real world isn't like that. You just can't decide. Let's add this to you know. It's got to be some negotiation. Mm-hmm. I would think, because again, who who are you going to get? You're not, you know, take the SEC out. I doubt they get another ACC team. Already playing Louisville, right? So it's Big Ten. Who do you get? Who's who's comparable to Kentucky in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Maybe Wisconsin, but do you want to go to Wisconsin? <laughs> Right? Um, or do you want to go to East Lansing? Yeah. You know, Big 12, do you want to go to Lawrence? Do you want to go to where is West Virginia? Morgantown. Morgantown, right, right. You know, that one kind of sort of makes sense being a border state, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But as we look forward, I'm happy with a 30-point win. I'm ecstatic. Makes me feel good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me get Corey in here. I sent him the link already. So hopefully he pops on by. Uh, I got to ask you, um, because I didn't watch it, but I know you did religiously. The fact that your show, Winning Time, got canceled, and in the point of the series that it got canceled at now with the with the Celtics winning, how I mean, I know you can't with the be, Celtics can't be. winning in '84. That can't be how this. <laughs> that can't be how it ends. I know and you got to so, be up in arms about that. Well, I love Winning Time. The book Showtime that is based on by Jeff Perlman is fantastic, and gives a great insight on the Lakers. Right? Again, people just assume that the greatness just happened, but no, it took a lot, a lot of work to get there. Yeah, Magic was a coach killer. The 84 series, he was tragic, Johnson. Let's not forget. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a story there. And uh, I enjoyed uh, the book. I've enjoyed the show. Uh, You know, it's dramatized. You know, I know that uh, Jerry West wasn't a big fan, uh, especially of season one on how he was portrayed. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you got good actors, uh, good story. Um, John C. Riley is great as yeah. uh, Dr. Buss. I, I'm a big fan of Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. And the guys, and I can't think of their names, I think this is like some of their first actual, the guy that plays Kareem, guy that plays Magic, 
I think they're doing great uh, in that. The guy that got playing Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's tough to cast that kind of thing because it's a real person that we kind of know pretty well. Yeah. Like it's, it's one thing I think if you are doing like, like what Jamie Foxx did with Ray, you know, we all remember Ray Charles performing, but we didn't see him as much as we've seen magic Johnson or seen Kareem. Right. And, 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 and try to capture that kind of stuff. I thought the cast was great. It's ridiculous that they're canceling the show. Uh, but you tell a Lakers story in an A4. That's disappointing. There's three more champions. Like <laughs> they rebound from that. The very next year. That's when we get magic with the baby hook. It's Wahlberg's doing or something, man. You know, Wahlberg and Bill Simmons and collaborate. Yeah, with. man. Celtics. <laughs> Boo Celtics. <laughs> I guess it's backstage, man. And if I'm wrong, he would definitely correct me because he is, look, he knows every single stat about every single thing. But I'm pretty sure he said this was the first podcast he was ever on. Like I said, if I'm wrong, he will come on here and set me straight. But he went to UK, as we talked about at the beginning. He is a UK football statistician, part of the game day staff, UK athletics public relations and communications. He is a proud Louisville male alum. So we got some more Louisville flavor. Both of y'all from the Ville. Talking about none other than our guy, Corey Price. Corey, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. I think this was my, my first podcast way, way back in the day. Appreciate it. Yeah, I thought so, man. And so we were honored to Welcome have you. Welcome aboard, Corey. And I love your uh, jersey, Terry, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I keep it old school. I keep it, you know, I, I I I like the simple. I like it before they put Kentucky. Like I like Kentucky, right? But I don't I don't like it across the chest on the football jerseys. I'm just not a fan. Hmm. So I'm old and I like old school stuff. So there you go. Is uh is that uh Drake Davis? Uh I don't know. It's I got it from our good friend Craig Bates. It's twenty eight. There's no name on the back. But he, I don't know how he got it, but I was like, yeah, I'll take one of those. So I got to I, go I wear it for there. game time. Got to go back down there and see what he's got in stock and, and get me some more stuff from, from Fan Gear Barn. Shout out to Craig Bates, that right. guy down there. But Corey, you are in the booth where the magic is happening. And I know sitting next to you at some of those games, it's great to be there. But now you're in the booth with the radio guys. So what's that transition like from watching, you know, kind of with the media to now being in that UK where you can actually cheer a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't cheer a whole, whole lot, but it's definitely more in the press. I mean, in the press box, you can't do anything. And um, when I was in the press box, uh, I could really just during the game, I could really just watch uh, the, the bulk of my work when I was in the press box was uh, after the, the the game ended now in the booth uh all of my work is during during the game so that's also a little different but uh, i love it um it's my second season uh working with tom and jeff and um honestly still can't believe it that i'm working with them um it's crazy i i listened to, to tom in 97 when, when i was 12 and now i'm 38 and i'm seven so it's it's crazy 
Speaking of that, because we all, everybody knows Tom and, and just appreciates whatever he does. And he's made no secret that being the voice of the cats was like, he that was his target. He zeroed in on that as a youngster. That's the job he wanted to have. He even admits now that that was, that was kind of a small thing to shoot for, but he was able to, to get there. Being in the booth now as you are, was that something that you shot for? I know you got a regular day job, but did you say, I would love to do that? Or did it just kind of come out of left field as a curveball? I don't know if that job specifically, but I, I definitely wanted to do something involving uh, UK and horses stats. Um, as long as I can recall, I've always loved uh, sports. I've always loved numbers and math. I got my uh, uh, degree in math at UK. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect combo. It's UK and sports and numbers. Um, so, um, like I said, I don't know if it's specifically that but something like that yes i've i've always wanted to do probably since uh sixth grade probably i'd say and and, and i've talked to people before because i'm always like got to follow Corey price he'll give you a nugget on something uh specifically you know football men's basketball that you're like what and i try to tell people like like he just knows this stuff like he's not googling anything just in conversation, like Corey just knows a lot about what he's talking about. He's not guessing. And I'm like, if Corey says it, I don't care what other outlet you have, I'm going with the Corey Price numbers. Well, to be fair, I do do some some research, but and yes, I, I do know some of it off the, off the top of my head. Uh, so um, it, it, it's a mixture of both, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, you hear everybody, like Terry said, shouting you out or getting retweeted or talking about you on the radio or, you know, you got the you got the trivia stuff with uh, Roll Call with Nick Roush and all those guys. Speaking of, tell me what that is. What do you, do they just come on and just grill you on some tough questions or? Uh, it's the opposite. I, I asked them questions. Uh, uh, I think a week or two before the season started, I think two weeks before the season started, uh, uh, TJ, who is the co-host of that show, uh, he uh, asked me on, on Twitter if, and a DM if I would want to come on the show once a week and do some type of trivia type segment. And I was like, of course, yes. So we decided to do it on Thursdays at uh, 8.15 a.m. So um, every Thursday I'll ask him anywhere from – three to four questions uh, regarding UK. Uh, obviously, right now it's football, I'm sure. Once we get to later in the year, it'll be uh, some football, some basketball, but um, it's fun. Um, I love the chance to get on uh, every week. Uh, so um, look forward to it to, uh, t t tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm going to try to listen to you tomorrow. And I know you I subscribe to your YouTube channel, so I'm going to go back and watch some of those that you put up there. So, yeah. And, and you've done a great project that that uh, uh, I've been a big fan of. It's the 50th anniversary of Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field. And you've done a great job compiling the best games. You've got video excerpts from former players. And it, it, I, I enjoy going back and looking at those threads because, as Vinny and I have said all the time, Okay, the wins and losses haven't been there for Kentucky football, okay? But that doesn't mean we didn't have great players. That doesn't mean we didn't have great 
coaches. And that doesn't mean we didn't have great moments over, you know, at least the last 50 years. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. Um, I know uh, I, I mean, we all know this, but uh, it's pretty evident that uh, the football program in the UK has been um, underappreciated, I would say, and overlooked a lot of the last five decades for basketball, which we're not getting not get into that debate but so uh i felt that it was more than necessary to just shine, shine a light on like you said great players great teams great coaches great games so uh i was through i reached out on twitter to as many players and coaches as i could and i think i got i think about 27 players and coaches to send me a short clip of their their favorite memory which is awesome uh, I asked the media on Twitter as many as I could to give me their 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 top teams of players of UK the last 50 years. At 61 people to to vote on that, um, I did I did a bracket on Twitter that van, fans could vote for the best home win at Commonwealth. So uh, I did a lot. Uh, it was fun. Um, I hope uh, fans enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think they did. Um, I I enjoyed most. The uh, the clips from from the players and coaches, yeah, um, especially the ones from when before I was even born. Um, it was awesome to see just how, how how they felt about the stadium and the games they played. Um, Felix Wilson played there from 1977 to 1979. Uh, towards the end of his clip, he uh, named his teammates that had passed away. That was that was really a. a really nice gesture by him. So I was uh, nice to see. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, I think what I like about that is, you know, here we are as an old person, but we kind of think about Kentucky football and when we talk about it, starting with stoops, right? Because the recruiting has been better. And we've gone to bowl games, but dudes have played before that, you know, even going back before, we were born, there were some great, great teams that won the SEC, you know, way back when. And I think shining a light on those guys has been uh, absolutely the right move uh, to make. So I really do appreciate that, Corey. That is, I, I did as well. Like you just, just piggybacking on what you said, Terry, the, the thread with the former players, um, the bracket, the uh, – the ballot where you sent it out, I was I was honored to be able to participate in that and you know put my little two cents in. And I've always been the, you know, I was born in 77. So I heard my dad talk about Derek Ramsey and Sonny Collins and Warren Bryant and all those guys that were the nuclear Frank Kersey, the nucleus of that team. So you know it's kind of like when I talk to my kids about you know, the 96 team, they, they're like, okay, cool. But when they meet Dominique Hawkins or Derek Willis, well, that's somebody they've seen. So we're like, Oh, but you still got to respect those that came before you. So, you know, Derek Ramsey was on my first team. Frank Kirsch was on my first team. Elmore Stevens was my third team tight end. I went back and just tried to some of these guys. I didn't know. Daryl Bishop still got the record for interceptions. Yeah. I mean, and we had a lot of good DBs come through but he's still the record holder. So I tried to reach back to those who really inaugurated Commonwealth Stadium and you shined a, a shone a, shined the light. My bad, the English just went. You shined a big 
light on it with everything you did, just like Terry said. You just put a spotlight. Just say he put a spotlight on it. You don't need to worry about uh, <laughs> the past participle agreement. With uh, with the ballot, I tried my best to have a mixture of, I guess, quote, young people and, quote, old old people so we can get a mixture of the players th throughout the decades. Fortunately, since I asked on Twitter, uh, a lot of them were younger in age. So um, as you probably saw in, in, in the results, it would lean it skewed more towards players that played recently. But like I said, uh, uh, I think Daryl Bishop still still made first team. There were, I would probably say, eight players from, from the 70s that made w one of the three teams. So I did like that. I would have preferred more more uh, guys from, from the 70s to make it, but yeah, I've heard you talking with uh, our friend Dick Gabriel about that because yep. you know he's a little bit older than us, and he was able to you know he saw a lot of those guys firsthand, and he was lamenting the fact that it did skew younger, and it's it's just kind of the way the cookie crumbled on it. But you know the fact that you you had them listed and people that did know them were able to list them, that was it was really really cool. Um, do you travel as well? With Tom and Jeff, do you do? Are you in the booth for the away games as well? Are you going to Nashville this weekend, for example? So I, I am going to the road games that are they're they're close. So so this year I will be going to Nashville and um, Louisville, of course, because I'm I'm from here, so it's not much to travel. But yeah, uh, all all home games and all the the close uh, games on uh, the road. Okay, did you do that last year too? Did you go hit the the close road games last year? Uh, you, you you broke up. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what, what you said. I was just that. Were you able to do that last year? Go to some of the the closer road games as well in your first year, your rookie year. Yeah, unfortunately, I went to Knoxville. That was that was not uh, plus, but uh, I mean, it's still uh, as much as we don't like Tennessee. Um, I have to admit the uh, atmosphere was pretty amazing uh you know sex that we got blown out but um other than that it was, it was great yeah yeah um i saw you on twitter with the helmet from jeff pecoro so you you got to gear up man just just in case you catch an elbow in the booth or what what you, what, you gotta have protection <laughs> <laughs> i'm not uh uh this past saturday i don't know why but jeff had a uh helmet in his bag i'm not once again i have no idea why he had it but uh one of our last i think it was the last touchdown or second to last touchdown he uh decided to put it on and then uh, he had it on for like a minute if that and then he put it on me and so i swore it kind of funny and kind of cool at the same time <laughs> and tom and jeff you're right there between them i mean Tom gets excited on the call for the touchdown Kentucky and all that, but to me, he's still like consummate professional, kind of buttoned down. And Jeff Picaro is just, ah, you know, he just, you know, they're like total opposites, but they work well together, in my opinion. I, you got it right. It's a perfect balance. Tom is a true pro's pro. Uh, it's amazing what the the prep he does for each game. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Jeff does prep too. But uh, Jeff is obviously more um, vibrant, colorful, and stuff, and it, 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 it's a it's a great match, I think. And 
and look, T, I'm not trying to ask all the questions, TB. Jump in anytime or just tell me to hush. Um, you, I've never met you in person, TB has, but you seem like one of the most even killed people I've ever met. Uh, when is what's the moment where you've been maybe fired up or just where you let loose, happy about a game, during a game, after a game, or some emotion where we've seen Corey Price kind of on 10, so to speak? Well, uh, I would say most of the extreme emotions left when I left school. Uh, I've, I've been pretty even killed since then, more or less. But uh, definitely when I was a student, uh, I rushed the field uh, three times my junior year in 06 when we beat Georgia. My senior year, 07, we beat Louisville and uh, LSU. I, I, I uh, rushed the field. Those are amazing memories. Um, maybe a couple, maybe a few years after college, I still was a little rowdy. Um, I think uh, 2010, I rushed the field when we beat uh, South Carolina. 2011, I rushed the field when we beat Tennessee. Um, nothing too crazy since then. Um, and I was, I'm pretty, pretty laid back kind of guy, honestly. Um, I guess I felt the need to be kind of crazy in college, but since college, I've been pretty, pretty, pretty chill. That's why he works on round of shots because everybody else is crazy, and Corey just sits there while the craziness goes on uh, all around him. What What I love about Corey too, man, he's a researcher. Like if he doesn't hit you up on your birthday with some obscure picture or some obscure thing from the paper. Like a couple of years ago, he hit me with, uh, I was on the Governor's Cup in middle school, Vinny, and he pulled up the the, the current journal article with my name on it because I think we finished second to Matt May's uh, Mazik team in uh, Quick Recall or something like that. And I'm like, this is from like 1989 or 90. How? I showed it to my wife. She's like, what? I was like, I didn't say this. Corey gave it to me. And he's always yeah. got old pictures of folks. He found a picture of Dick Gable for his birthday. Yeah. I love it, Corey. And my wife's like, where's he get it? I don't need, I don't ask no questions. Corey's just got it. I didn't ask no questions. If it's microfiche or whatever it is, I love it. It's yeah, it's pretty cool to find old pictures of people. Uh, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. Uh it's you know, I'm not taking a jab at him or anything like that. It's just it's good. And uh, I also did uh quick quick uh, recall, so I, I enjoyed that 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 stuff of you, Terry. Oh yeah, I I, I did that uh, for a while. It's it's for the smart kids, Vinny. That's what my mom made me yeah, do. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Since y'all y'all talking about school days in Louisville and you know Mel and Seneca, you know Ter Terry's the most famous Seneca alum. Corey, you're obviously the most famous male alum. The history between Mel and Seneca has it been you know, is there some sparks on the field or on the court between them, or is it have they kind of coexisted peacefully within the city and y'all have beef with other schools throughout Louisville? I I mean I don't I mean I, I know we played Seneca in sixty-three, I think, in the in the state finals for football. I think it's sixty-three. Um other than that, uh I think they played in the Southern Bruce finals in basketball a time or two, but that's a long time ago. Uh, I don't, there's, there's no real blood between males, in my opinion. We used to be in the same district when I was in school. Oh, uh, okay. 
And so we would get our butt kicked all the time. There was there was there was no rivalry because you know my senior year of high school. That's the Chris Redmond team for Mayo, and you know they showed up. I think it was like I don't know if it was ESPN, but if somebody was like filming him trying to break like the high school touchdown record. He's going to do it against us, and I'm like, well, this isn't great. You know, they they got lights and stuff showing up because it was at Seneca, and I'm like, this isn't great. But it's usually uh, you know Mayo putting it to to Seneca. Although this year, in field hockey, I have to point out my youngest, the uh, uh, male lost to uh, Atherton in field hockey two to one in St. Louis this year. That's that's my young miss doing that thing. All right, crazy they had to go to St. Louis to play in some tournament, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, surely you're playing more than just male. She's like, that's the only team I know. I'm like, all right. <laughs> uh, I I I believe I could be wrong. I think Redmond threw. Eight touchdowns in the first half of that game against Seneca. And then, yeah, yeah. It, once it got to I, five, I was like, "What are we doing, man?" And then I think in '97 or '98, uh, Gary Aaron's for Mail threw like eight or nine touchdowns against Seneca. So I mean, yeah. It's, so who is? Well, sorry, for, for one stretch, our district was Seneca, Mail Manual, and then. Uh, um, St. X and Trinity, right? So there's like four games out the jump. It was like Kentucky and the SEC East way back when. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, 70-0 this week, 70-0 this week. Like, woo. They try, Terry, won't you come play football? Hell no. <laughs> what do I look like trying to do something with the Chris Redmond led team? Like, what are you talking about? Get out of my face, man. Anyway, sorry, Vinny. Go ahead. Oh, it's all right. I got some PT. I got some PTSD <laughs> from those from those games. So who, Corey is, who is Mail's big rival, and which schools view Mail as their biggest rival? Uh, it's Manual. It's not even close. Um, we're okay. the we're the two oldest schools in Louisville. Uh, Mail started in 1856. I think Mail started in. 1880s, I believe. So we've been playing each other for all since 1893. It's one of the oldest. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the oldest in America. I uh, I guess uh, X and Trinity are pretty big because Cenex is pretty old too. I think we started playing them in the 19 19 teens, I believe. Uh, Trinity because we're we're both we're mostly most of the time we're both good in football. So uh, we we actually played Trinity last week and won. Uh, by 17, and so that that was nice. We, we we've actually won four games in a row against Trinity, which hasn't happened in like uh, 60 years. And I just have to interject, Vinny, the uh, Brian Brom and um, yeah, I'm, I'm Bush. drawing Michael Bush, Michael Bush. Yeah. That whatever six a five a championship game. I've got that in my top ten of football games I've ever watched ever. Yeah, like uh, it, abs- absolutely incredible, just phenomenal on all sides. And as an uninterested party, I could watch it yeah, like that. Speaking of uh, PTSD, that was my junior year. Uh, there were still only four four classes back then, so it was a class four A final. Okay. Um, yeah, that game was uh, it sucked because we lost, but. Uh, Taking the result out out of the equation, it, it it's it's by far the best game I've I've ever been to. It's not even close. 
Yeah, it was uh, 2002. Okay. I thought I was going to say 2002 because you can go on YouTube and find it, and it's like you forget it's a high school game. It is that good. And I'm loath to give credit to Mayo or Trinity, but even I was kind of like, this is pretty good. <laughs> and it was it was it was kind of ironic. The game was full of offense. We lost 59, 59 to fifty six, and 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 the game was won on defense. <laughs> we uh, we recovered an onside kick late, down three, around the forty ish yard line, uh, and then on the first play, Bush tried, tried to go deep, and was uh, picked off, and that, that was it. So. Yeah, I have to pull that up after the show. Yeah. It's, 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 it is must watch for sure. Yeah, because I was, I was out of Kentucky. I wasn't in Kentucky then, so I just, yeah, I have to go back and. I I caught that. it. I was in Lexington. I caught it on like the the local access channel two, channel three, whatever that was. I was like, do I want to watch this? And when I caught it, it was like twenty something to twenty something. I'm like, okay, hold up, let me let me watch this. It's it's that good, Vinny. You know, I'm not trying to give no credit to those teams. Right. <laughs> so it's for this weekend, Corey. Uh, heading down to Nashville and whatever fragments of a stadium Vanderbilt has together for y'all. Uh, you get to scope out whatever piece of a press box they have for y'all. What do you expect when 11 Central Time rolls around and it's, it's go time in the SEC for 2023? Well, I hope I hope we can get rid of those uh, sloppy plays uh, from the first three games. Uh, it's a lot of false starts and holding when you need to be holding. Um, it's been frustrating. I mean, it's not silly to say it's been frustrating because we've been winning and winning big uh, most games. But uh, uh, most as the quality of, of the opponent we've been playing, obviously this is a different different piece going into conference play and going on on the road. So definitely uh, trying to clean up the false starts and holdings and all that stuff. Um, Devin seems to be kind of slow out of the gates uh, first half. Second half, he's almost perfect uh, these first two games. So I'm hoping he can get off to a better start overall. Um, Dane's been kind of disappointing. He's had a couple of drops that are not like him. Um, hope he can get, get going as well. Um, hope. Ray's emotions are, are in check going back to his, his old school. Um, I don't see any problem. He's scored five touchdowns his first three games here. I think he's he's going to keep it going. Um, been really impressed with, well, besides on besides on third down, I've been really impressed with, with the defense. Um, you know, once again, it might be the, the quality of, of the opponent, but uh, our, our D line's been great at stopping the run. Uh, Wallace is leading the, the the league in sacks. He's been amazing. Um, I think it's uh, I think the spread's like thirteen or fourteen. Uh, I think we should cover the spread. Um, I'm thinking maybe seventeen point win somewhere in that area. And uh, it's just funny how how this season plays out. You know, the three non-conference games, and it just it just the schedule is kind of built in steps. Your first ACC game is Vanderbilt, which is a step from what you've been playing, but there's still more steps coming. And then you step up to Florida and you step up to Georgia. It's just weird how it's laid out like that. Um, Terry talked about Tavion Robinson. 
and how he's bounced back from last year and, you know, kind of said, hey, I, I'm better than what I showed y'all last year. And I think it's cool that him and Leary are, you know, kind of in sync because they're two old heads. You know, Dane and Barron are, for all their talent and accolades, still just sophomores. Taven's been around the block. Devin's been around and kind of seen it all and been through injuries and done it all. And so these two guys, you know, maybe he's – he looks to Tavion first. Maybe Tavion probably runs better routes, more experienced, knows how to be, knows where to move. So it's, it's cool to see them kind of locked in first and still the potential to get everybody else rolling, to get the tight ends. The play Dingle made, that catch, and he was – this is the old reference, Terry – and we, we talked about the Giants last week about how mad they were. He was Mark Bavaro and down the field dragging people. And I was hollering. I was like, don't fumble, don't fumble. And he just he got punched out. So all that good, and everybody looks at the fumble. But these tight ends are legit as well. So it's a lot of pieces yeah. to get. Caddis made a heck of a play yeah. on that touchdown. So uh, the weapons are there. I just yeah. think it's a matter of time with reps mm -hmm. and, and yeah. getting focused, like Corey was saying. Uh, you clean up the little stuff, and, you know, there's no reason you can't go out and beat most of the teams on the schedule. Just clean up that small stuff. Yep. And like uh, Vinny said, uh, Devin and uh, Robinson being the old guys, uh, Ray is also a, and quote, old guy. So, uh, and, and they, they've probably been the three best players on uh, offense so far. Um, I am a little biased. I, I was hoping that Cummings might get a little more involved uh, with the tight ends. I, I, I think he's only been broke, broke I think twice the first three games. I'm hoping he he can get, get a catch or two uh, this Saturday. So we'll see. And his little Caddis was dinged up. I don't know. Is he going to try to go? Knowing him, he probably will. But that might open it up for Cummings because, that, I mean, that's – the tight end room is loaded. There's me. So what about you look at the SEC and like we've Terry, you said it on Round of Shots and said it here. Nobody's setting the world on fire. Uh who saw I mean Tennessee always loses in games, but who saw them going down there and getting beat down like they did by Florida? Who's we saw them against Utah and everybody's like they ain't no good. And then they're up 26 to 7 before Tennessee knew what hit them. And Alabama struggles because conference wide, look at what we're seeing. Everything's just kind of out of whack or unorthodox for what we used to. I think it's not a surprise, but I think it comes down to the quarterback. Uh, Bama's, they still don't know who, who they're going to play at QB. Um, Tennessee, uh, Joe, Joe Milton is uh, not. Kenan Hooker, uh, and you can see that. Uh, Georgia has a new, I think Carson Beck is his name. Uh, mm -hmm. Seems like he, he's, he's been struggling. Um, actually, I mean, at least numbers wise, Swan for uh, Vandy is pretty good. Um, so I think our DBs have their work cut out on Saturday. Um, Missouri's QBs put up good numbers. Uh, Rattler for USC's put up good numbers. Um, but, uh, you know, Georgia, Bama, and Tennessee, ones that QB is a question mark. They're not at the level that they were last year for sure. I know Georgia's been, you know, going back to back and got a chance to three-peat. But 
the East, several positions down might be stronger than the West this year. And it's been West heavy for years. I mean, LSU's look good, but, and, you know, you would take Georgia and then there'd be teams in the West, team in the West, team in the West. The East might just be, I don't know, top to bottom, but top to middle-ish, bottom-ish, stronger than, than the West this year, the way it's looking. But anything can change. But the way it looks right now, what y'all think? Yeah, and, and the West right now is Bam and LSU. Man, that's pretty much about it. Um, the East, like I said, um, Missouri has shown some some glimpses. I mean, obviously, beating K State was 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 big for them. Uh, Georgia struggled against USC, but they're they're still number one, and their defense is still crazy. Um, Florida beating Tennessee uh, was nice for them. I think Tennessee will probably bounce back from from a loss in Gainesville, but I don't think they're going to be what, what what they were last year. So it's probably it's probably four or five teams in in, in the East that are probably going to fight for the top two spots. I'd say. And y'all know Ole Miss, Lane Ole Miss, smell blood in the water based on how Alabama has looked. I mean, they struggling with USF. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lane's trying to come in there and, and light the scoreboard up. And, you know, unless they figure out something this week at quarterback, you don't see Alabama getting in a shootout with Ole Miss. <laughs> that don't look likely. Right. No. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and it's it's flip-flop. You know, this might be that down dip for uh, the SEC across the board, but we be back. SEC will be back. Boy. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they – they want to get tired of us and all that. But if, if the Big Ten had had a streak like this, they would be, as Terry likes to say, insufferable. They would have their chest puffed out and, you know, but they they haven't. So they have to watch the SEC strut around. <laughs> That's true. And then, and then we're going to add two schools next year that are historically pretty good at football. So it's going to be even tougher. So. That's right. Absolutely. Well, man, Corey, we have enjoyed having you. It's been way too long since we had you on here. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out of all the things you're doing and your day job and radio appearances and all the content you're creating to, to hop back on here. And we were glad to be the first podcast you were ever on. I'm, I'm glad I was back then. I'm glad I, I'm on today. We certainly appreciate it, Corey. We'll see you on those Twitter streets with your research and finds and your UK factoids. I absolutely love it, man. Keep up the good work, man. Yes, sir. We appreciate it, Corey. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Sir. Corey Price. Got them scrolling at Corey P. Oh, I got to edit that. Oh, eight. I put oh, nine. That's my mistake. Corey P. Oh, eight, y'all. My bad, Corey. So I can't be having people go follow Corey PO9. You don't know what you're going to get. You go follow that dude. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be getting that good content, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll fix that right now, Corey. That's uh, right. No worries. But, man, thanks so much for, for hopping on here. And we'll definitely get you back on as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. So, TV, man, you're uh, – 49ers, you already talked about them a little bit. You you know, you beat the Rams just like you knew they would, and that just somehow makes you happy and sad. 
At the same happy because I love to beat the Rams. I love it because the Rams have to go to their silent count at home against the Niners because of the <laughs> Niners fans. I was trying to explain to Kate because she's on the Niners bandwagon now, right? She's she's hopped on with me. But I'm like, when I was coming up, the Niners did not have the fan base. We didn't travel like Cowboys fans, Packers fans, Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. So we didn't travel like that. But now we do. Every time I turn on the TV, and I know you've seen it at the at the, at the stadium there in Texas, there's a lot of red in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we didn't used to be like this. Yeah, I love this team. This team is fun. Uh, look, diehard Niners fan from the 80s, right? Not a lot of personality. Joe Montana, Joe <laughs> Cool, not a lot of personality, right? Not whatever. I love Jerry. Everybody knows I love me some Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. However, all his fun stuff has been since he retired. <laughs> when he was playing, he's like, I'm going to look good. I'm going to be better than you. And that's it. Right? There wasn't a lot that he was doing. No touchdown dances. No whatever. But these guys are fun, man. We got the boombox guy. We've got it. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, about a month away from going up to uh, uh, Minneapolis and watching the uh, 49ers in person myself as they take on the Vikings. So we're going up to Minnesota. That's how we're spending our second wedding anniversary. So I'm excited about that. Congratulations. Um, You you had watched them in Cincinnati before, right? Or something? Yes, I have have seen them in person. I have seen them up until like last year, the last three times, because it was like every six or seven years, they would come to Cincinnati. I've seen the Niners in person. Uh, okay. The first time I saw them in person was uh, Jeff Garcia, Terrell Owens. Uh, it was the year after the Sharpie, and I remember that because there was a Cincinnati fan two rows behind me that kept yelling, CO, he better not have a Sharpie in his sock. And I'm like, he can't hear you, and he probably does not have a Sharpie because he was doing other things. He's like, no Sharpie! And I'm like, okay, uh, I got you. That's all the material he had. That's that's the only yeah. That's and, the only line he had all day. <laughs> and he got confused because he started yelling Wilbur Marshall because he thought that was the guy that knocked uh, Joe Montana out uh, against the Giants in that NFC Championship. It was Leonard Marshall, <laughs> and so I told him it's Leonard, and he was like, "Are you sure?" I was like. I'm pretty sure he's like, and he starts yelling, Leonard Marshall. I was like, if you're going to yell, yes, yell that, yes, there, yes, yeah, yell that. So, uh, so it, Wilbur played for Washington. I remember that guy. Yes. But he's yelling Leonard Marshall at Jeff Garcia. It's not like Joe was still out there. That's that is correct. It was at even... least, it was at least 25 years after the event. And the thing was, there's a bunch of young kids. They don't know what yeah. is like. That's a that's a deep cut, man. Yeah. That is a deep, deep cut yeah. that nobody really knows. Like, if you're not a diehard for you, don't know which Marshall it was that knocked Joe Montana out mm-hmm. and led to those eight field goals. But I'm, yeah, yeah, and that's or six that field goals. It ruined the three peat. That was, that yeah, was, that was gonna that be a three peat. That was gonna be a three peat, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But 
uh, beating the Rams. Always love it. And it's like eight in a row, except for the NFC Championship game. Mm. And my man, Quentin, he's like, man, I can't. I want to get one against y'all. I'm like, you got the important one that led to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. you got that one. I'm mad because I'm like, I would trade four or five of them for that one. Mm-hmm. And it was the only game that that NFC Championship game it was the only time Aaron Darnold looked like Aaron Darnold against the 49ers. Mm. Outside of that game, he's got like no sacks. Like, we handled that boy. Mm-hmm. We handled it. Mm. Except for the one game he decides to become Superman. And it also helped because we had, you know, Garoppolo back there. You know, wing, you know, anyway, I'm trying to let that go. But, yeah. uh, my Niners look good. Your Cowboys look good. The Cowboys defense is looking good. Uh, but is that, you know, at this point, we don't know, right? It's two games in. Cowboys defense looks good, but it's kind of like uh, with Kentucky, you're playing the New York teams, right? Daniel Jones in the rain and then Zach Wilson because Rodgers is out. So, yeah. And- right. Josh Dobbs, I think, is the quarterback for the Cardinals this weekend. So yeah, still not, you know, but I, but you, I, you, even you, as, you play who the schedule you play who yeah. the schedule puts, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not convinced, you know, Pittsburgh okay, yeah. and the Rams, <laughs> you know, so we don't know what it's gonna look like. Obviously, we got a matchup. We're, you know, Cowboys and Niners are getting back together again. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, like it. Look, a lot of people don't like blue bloods, you know, when it comes to sports. I like it because I root for a blue blood when it comes to college basketball. Mm-hmm. And as you and I have talked before, when the Niners and Cowboys play, it used to mean something. Like, it's not a conference game, but it used to mean, one, it was a pride thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. them boys wanted to beat each other really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about sports rivalries now, it wasn't like it back then when guys weren't hopping between. T- you know, I don't want to sound like an old person, but I mean, like the players didn't like each other. And the hopping that did happen, it was marquee guys. Look, Charles Haley went from San Francisco yep. to Dallas. First Ken guy Norton with five Jr. Super Bowls. Yeah, and Ken Norton Jr. was was probably my favorite dude on that defense. Won two with the Cowboys. Then goes to your Niners, and of course we know what Coach Prime did. So them, those three dudes that went flip flop between the three, I mean that just added to every year Cowboys Niners Cowboys yeah. Niners, and I it killed me to see Ken Norton go to the Niners. It killed me. The the, the thing about Dion, as I talked about the Niners through most of my youth being, I will say boring. Look, I'm a Niners fan, but like it the what. They didn't do anything until Dion showed up, mm-hmm. and then the defense started having that swagger. Merton Hanks doing his thing, right? <laughs> One of my favorite things is, you know, it's Super Bowl week, right? They're going to play uh, Chargers Super Bowl, and Jerry and all these guys trying to have a, a, a curfew. And Dion was like, yeah, y'all be a cool with that. Y'all, y'all be easy. Like, <laughs> prime at the Super Bowl, man, which is a segue to my next thing. Dion is going to make me a Colorado fan adjacent. 
I love everything about it. Like we talked about last week, man. If your point in 2023 is Dion is all about Dion. Oh, okay. Like there's no revelation there. Like we beat that dead horse. Yeah. Dion will tell you he's all about Dion. Now we can discuss, is it good or bad for Colorado long-term? But your 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 crux of your argument can't be. Dion's all about Dion. Yeah, you know I was not a fan how he left Jackson State. I was watching a little bit of that sixty minutes interview. You can move on without some of the stuff he was kind of saying about Jackson State on the way out. You don't have to do that, right? Uh, and stop trying to make Dion going from Jackson State to Colorado some cultural thing. He just coach went for a better job. You don't need to tell me that the what the poverty level in Jackson is and what they got in Colorado. I don't need all that. But that's not him. That's 60 minutes trying to whatever, whatever. But Dion, which I think is remarkable, he has told us by being primetime for the better part of 40 years, you will pay attention to me. <laughs> And we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we have. From Florida State to the Yankees to your Braves to, you know, getting too big for Atlanta, you know, <laughs> going to San Francisco, then going to Dallas. Like, he's checked mm-hmm. a lot of boxes, and we've always paid attention to him. Yep even after he retired, right? So, you know, what works for Dion isn't going to work for anybody else. You know, people can try to find, well, who's the next Dion? Well, there's not one, right? There's 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 not another one, uh, you know. So I don't think you can try to replicate that. That's my two cents. Yeah. Um, but you see how many people tuned in for Colorado, Colorado State? <laughs> Yeah. Like, okay, 10 million people watching a game that kicked off at like 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. Like, yeah. what? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I think he's good for football. Like we talked about last week, most college football coaches are boring. They're boring as hell. They don't say nothing, they don't do nothing. And every now and then, when we get a little, little, little morsel, we, we, we run wild with it, you know. Uh, Jimbo poking Nick Saban. Coaches don't say nothing. You know, Dabo is cringeworthy, but he's about the really the only one that, you know, uh, uh, Harbaugh is just a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And Mike what Gundy, can you tell me about Mike, that? Yeah, Mike, Mike Gundy, Gundy is out there. Us but he, but he he's kind of toned it down. Since uh, he turned 40, he kind of... He let us know he turned 40, and then he kind of backed off. Uh-huh. Uh, but Dion, you know, he, he's talking to talk. He's walking the walk. Uh, he's rubbing people the wrong way. Now, is it going to last forever? No, because you got to win. That's the mm-hmm. thing, is we're going to pay attention for a little bit. But once you start losing, we ain't going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. That's what made the you the you. They was being wild boys. <laughs> saying, look at me, 
like who was it they beat in that bowl game with all those personal foul penalties? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you can if you can blow somebody out and have like 12 or 13 personal foul penalties, I'm watching that. That is entertainment <laughs> to me. Right? And so that that is what college football is about. It, it's not about being strategic. It's about uh it gotta give me like why else would we care about Colorado, Colorado State? Right. And and I, the thing is. There are all these rivalries all over the country, right? Everybody's got a rival. But why do we care about Michigan-Ohio State? The games have been good. The players have been great. And when we were in our college football kind of infancy, when TV really picked up, you had Bo Beckler and crazy-ass Woody Hayes, mm-hmm. right? You knew you was going to see something crazy. That, that's part of it, right? Like that, that, that builds that kind of thing up is mm-hmm. in college sports, the players are more transient because you're only going to be a star college football player. Two seasons, maybe three, mm-hmm. and then you move on. So college football needs the coaches. We need the Steve Spurriers, right? We need the Bobby Bowdens. We don't even have a lot of dad gums anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at the NFL, it's the same way. The coaches are just bland. There's no uh, Bum Phillips. <laughs> you know, there's not <laughs> There's not even a Tom Landry with the hat. There's there's mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was looking at uh, something. And it was a picture of all the NFL head coaches. And I'm like, I know about five. One of them's Belichick. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of them's Shanahan. But mm. beyond that, I'm like, oh, Mike Daniels, because he went to 49ers, and Robert Sala, because he was yeah. with the 49ers. Yeah. Any random person uh-huh. can come up and say, I coach the Atlanta Falcons. I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> your boy D'Amico in Houston, he was with your Niners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, for, for the most part, uh, Mike, I don't Mike Tomlin. Pete Carroll, I can maybe give you six oh, yeah. or seven. Yeah. But I'm uh, like, you know, I coach the Chargers. Do you? Yeah, probably. I don't know who Buffalo's coach is. I only know the Broncos because uh, it's Sean Payton. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know these guys. Mc, I always to get him was Buffalo. If McVay's with the Rams, it's McDermott. Sean McDermott with the Buff with Buffalo. But uh, he's just an average looking dude, you know. Uh, and and so that that's that's my thing is give me a coach with something, and people are like oh. And this is look, people get to be disingenuous. Mike Dick back in the day, you know. Yeah, but sound bites. I, I saw something. Somebody was upset because Dion sell these glasses, and he's not like other coaches. I'm like, oh word, you you haven't seen uh, uh, your y- your boy Nick Saban in the Aflac commercials, like. They all hawking something, baby. Uh, like they yeah. all doing these speech, these speech engagements. Uh, what are you talking about? College football coach is always out here hustling. What are you ta- like? What are you talking about? Like, come on now. Now you're just being silly. So I'm yeah. all for it, uh, especially with it being wide open. Here's the thing about Dion. You know, people talk. Can he do it long term? Dion doesn't have. To recruit high school talent, yeah, he can get some yeah. high school kids 
But all Dion got to do is just show up on your campus, babe. People gonna pay attention. Mm-hmm. Don't let Colorado be halfway decent this year. That's gonna be the worst nightmare because Dion's gonna be like, all right. I mean, it could end up being like a football. He could be doing he Dion, and it sounds crazy. He could end up doing a Colorado what Cal was doing in Kentucky. Just a completely a complete completely different roster every year. And he said it. He said it. He said NCAA needs to step in because right now the way it's set up is a disservice to high school kids. I think they're only taking three or four in Colorado. He said these coaches ain't trying to get fired. They go go to the portal and get a guy that's done played college ball before, knows the drill. You ain't got time. Sounds bad. You ain't got time to let a high schooler develop because right. you might not be around when he develops. When he, or he's going to develop somewhere else. That's the thing. <laughs> and so uh, with the way it's set up with NIL, and 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 look, I, I, I get it. You know, his, his kids are, are there taking it right now, right? But still, you know, as a college kid or whoever, Colorado and Dion going to be on TV. Mm-hmm. People going to be talking about you. That increases your NIL value just by being there. Mm-hmm. Let alone if you're good. It's a game changer. Now watch. Don't let Colorado mess around and get close to eight or nine wins. <laughs> this year. <laughs> right? The losses are respectable. Uh, you know, maybe some 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 All-Americans and stuff on the roster. Don't let them be good because this next offseason, oh, baby, he's going to be grocery shopping mm-hmm. at different campuses. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that video of uh, Michael Jackson going through that antique store in Vegas. Have you seen that? Camera following him around. He's like, I have that. Yes, this. That's how Dion's going to be. I need a DB. Uh, let me get two of them offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Like, come on now. What? And then watch the rules change. Watch oh, the yeah. rules change. <laughs> Don't let Dion get to eight or nine wins and get like 20 or so dudes in the transfer portal. Don't let that happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to see some changes. Yep. <laughs> but I'm, I'm here for it. Shake up the cart, man. Uh, because anytime someone comes in with something different and, and rocks that establishment, there's all this pushback. Mm-hmm. What have I said for forever, Vinny? The, the biggest change when it comes to college basketball was when Cal first got to Kentucky, you can't win with freshmen. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. You can't be successful with one and done. That's what everybody mm-hmm. said. Ruining college basketball. That's what the consensus was, well, the championship four final four is later. Coach K adopts that mentality wins the championship. Now what happens? Probably should have won more. Uh huh. Yeah. Probably should have won more with those guys that we said you couldn't win with in the first place. Uh-huh. So you know when you come and you shake up the foundation, people are gonna come for you. Yep. Uh, because a lot of people upset that that you know Dion didn't pay his dues. Like y'all really expect primetime or any star to come in and uh be getting working the film room. Is that what you're saying? Like you're gonna bring Dion in to be a DB coach? And I'm not knocking DB coaches, but that's not where you put 
prime time. I would not bring Peyton Manning in to be my QB coach. Would he be great at it? Probably, but that's not what you do with a name like that. Mm-hmm. Like you just you, you you don't do that. He's he's bigger than than that. So you got to mm-hmm. bring him in, like Jackson State did, and say, "We'll see what happens." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And that's what you know. And what those what eleven and one is. First year, second year, what they was last year they won eleven games before he left at Jackson State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he so he had some success there, and again, I wish he would have handled the exit a little bit differently, uh, because you ain't got to be like that about HBCUs, man. You you, you just don't have to do that. It's a different kind of animal. Uh, but by the same token, the folks at those schools aren't dumb. Yeah. You know, we know Dion's about Dion. Like that's not brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Alabama being down and uh, no team really having a personality, that's why Colorado has sucked up all the oxygen in the room. Mm-hmm. What, what what else? Who has who else is there to talk about? Nobody. You know, there's no Cam Newton. There's no Joe Burrow. There's no nobody to really command that attention. So why not look at Dion? Mm-hmm. Could could Georgia three peat? It's looking shaky. Like they're even like it's looking shaky. There's a reason why that three peat has been so far in coming to college football. Because it's hard to do. And a lot of people are like, oh, Georgia, I don't know. I know they beat South Carolina, but that's South Carolina. Somebody's gonna <laughs> catch them. Three peats are hard. Yeah. Yeah. So pull this schedule up. And they you're right. It's you know, it's and they just think the quarterback's gonna fall in place. Well, this guy just replaced Stetson Bennett, who now, oh, he's he's you know, and he's got all these weapons around him and all this and that. Yeah, they were down fourteen to three at home to South Carolina at the half. And this is where I push back a little bit on people that say that Brock Purdy. You could just plug him mm-hmm. in and play because look at the weapons. It's not that easy. Like, mm-hmm. I've even said it myself. Like, he's got a lot of weapons, but still there's things you have to do as a quarterback to be successful, right? Like, again, because I'm centering on myself here, you know, look at Purdy. Yes, it is great that you have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, right? And you got George Kittle and you got Kyle Jusic. That Those are great weapons to have, but there's still some things you have to do back there. And if you're not doing them, it doesn't matter what skill positions you have. goes back to what I was saying earlier. All those skill guys that have come through Alabama over the years, come through LSU, always a quarterback away. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Georgia teams of old loaded all kinds of talent. And they would always mm-hmm. drop a game to keep yeah. them out of the national championship. You know, there would just be that one Saturday in October. They've lost to South Carolina or they – God forbid, lose to Vanderbilt. But you know what I'm talking about. Mark yeah. Rick was good for that. Yeah. He gonna get you to nine and two, baby. He's not gonna get you to eleven and zero. Oh. He gonna get you to nine and two. And one of those mm-hmm. losses, you're gonna be like, how do you lose that one? Yeah, that's right. You know. So we shall see. We shall see. You know, uh, it's starting to get fun. Conference play. Uh, 
the Cats can get on there and get the one and oh. We go. It's that time, man. It's the meat of it. Everybody's hitting the gauntlet. Everybody hitting the hard portion of the schedule. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to separate uh, the men from the boys. And, and now, mm-hmm. like you were talking about with Corey, it's a step up. Okay. 3-0. and Great. Okay. Can you get bowl eligible, you know, by the, uh, you know, by the middle of October? Mm-hmm. And that used to never happen. And like you said, it's... it's it's happened on a regular basis, and so expectations shift, and that whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you still, you still running, man. You got the running thing back going. Or? Uh, I can't run because I can't sweat with a tattoo. I gotta oh, okay. give it a few days, a uh, few more days to heal, which you know, because I can't sweat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I have been up until that point, getting mm-hmm. back to under ten minutes by a mile. I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know if you saw, uh, but the world record in the mile was broken uh, by a young man from Louisville. Louisville, Tom, to, Tom Jackson used to say. Yeah, from Louisville. Um, I want to get his. I want to get his name right. Let's see if I can't find it. Hold on one second. Three minutes and forty-three seconds. I mean, we way just. Yeah, That's I got a Nakusi is the new American record holder in the mile. Three minutes forty three point nine seven seconds. Um, look, man, that that that's that is that is moving. And moving. Uh, my friend, my friend Joe uh, has trained with him a little bit. Uh, Joe, uh, my friend, he's he's. Uh, going blind, but he he's run the Boston Marathon and finished in the top five twice. Finished two oh. overall in his group. Yeah. So when I started running, Joe was like, hey, we train at this. I'm like, wait a minute. I run. What do you mean by train? Let's get specific. He's like, oh, yeah, we run. I'm like, okay. And I see some of his running stuff. I'm like, you're hitting a seven-minute mile at mile 20. In a uh, uh, in a marathon, I can't do a seven minute mile. What am, what am I training for? Like what what we we own two different things. Like I don't want to do seven. Like I can't move that fast. <laughs> then you know he's, it's only as old as you feel. I feel old, and that is too much. Like <laughs> <laughs> let me run my nine minutes and forty seven second mile. I am great. I'm not trying to cut that in half for what. <laughs> you know what am I trying to? What am I out here trying to run a forty-yard dash for? For what? <laughs> I'm running for the enjoyment. Look, all I want to do is my five k. Most of the time, I'm just running my two miles. I'm good. I don't need all that. Mm-hmm. I I ran ten miles twice, mm. and one. You got to run for about an hour. Even at a ten-minute mile, you got to run for that's an hour. Yeah, of running, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then the next day, <laughs> I'm moving around like Fred Sanford, and for what? <laughs> I did it. I said I could do it. I did ten miles. I don't need to do it again. But then here come everybody. You know, ten miles, three more at half a you know at half a marathon. Why am I gonna? Why, why do I want to do that? <laughs> for what? <laughs> 
And you see the marathon people all crying and stuff on the side. Why am I do that to myself? For what? I don't need to know, to prove to yourself you can do it. I don't need to prove that to myself. I can, I can, you know, I can climb Mount Everest and prove I. But what? What for? Oh, anyway, mm-hmm. I get you. I know that they cut out different. Some people wired different. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's that was the only downside when to start running. And everybody, no, no, you're not signing me up for nothing. No, you're not doing that. <laughs> I'm supposed Kinda. to do a five k around uh, 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 Thanksgiving with with my youngest. Lauren wants oh, me to okay. run. At first, she said a ten k. I'm like, that's six miles. Like you, she's like, well, you can run with me. I'm like, and you know, your kid asks you to do something. It's like, okay, you know. But I'm like, are you sure? So she's like, why don't we just do the five k? Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, let Everybody. me run for like thirty five minutes. That's all. That's all I need. That's all I need. Everybody just nudging you into stuff now. They just yeah. nudging you into this. <laughs> yeah, I went and got some fancy running shoes at the running shop here in town. The guy's like, well, we have a running group. I'm like, y'all be easy with that. Uh, we meet Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. I am not running at Saturday morning at 8 o'clock with a bunch of people I don't know. Because <laughs> they, they like run through it. Look, let me tell you something right now. I take a break. If I start... <laughs> Okay, y'all want to like you got to push through it. The hell I do. Like, what? I, I'm not going to the Olympics. What am I doing, man? Anyway. Oh, hilarious, boy! Hilarious. Well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, fun as always. Thanks, Corey Price. Appreciate you hopping on here, man. Always fun, man. Always fun to do it every week in, week out. Uh, we make we're making it happen, man. Mm-hmm. Got a uh, you know SEC game to talk about next week. Got already one person subscribed to the YouTube. So y'all hop on and, and and get at us in the comments and you know watch us live or whatever. Follow us on Twitter. We got it scrolling right there and. Like TB said, been doing it for a decade, so you know we we we, we getting close in the in, what, maybe next year we around five hundred episodes coming up. Have to do some some big for that. Consider we do what like 48, 49 episodes a year. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we do it, it for free, long. folks. We not <laughs> we not even charging no premium prices for these uh, opinions. Hey, with these yeah. beautiful guest stars and, and things like that. That's a good price. It is. It really is. Couldn't say it any better myself. <laughs> appreciate everybody. Uh, appreciate you, man. And we'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Is it cold up there already? It's, it's cooling off down here. Like it's 50s in the uh, morning. Yeah, it's cool in the morning. kind of warm in the evening. It you know it It's going to get colder, obviously. But it's not till January. January is when it's just when that wind starts coming down from Canada. That's when I'm like, why am I here? Because that wind come down and it's flat. And ain't nothing to slow it down. That's when I'm like, what am I? What am I doing out here? Dog don't want to go outside. Oh, it's all it. Yeah. Oh, all right. But I'm enjoy it while it's still warm. I hear you. We enjoy. 
Y'all listening, we enjoy bringing this to you. Hopefully we can enjoy a win over Vanderbilt this weekend. Yes, sir. Next Wednesday to talk about it, TV, man. Everybody take care. Another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. We'll see everybody next Wednesday.